Is a game about a goose a game of the year candidate? Why doesn't Nintendo support its most successful esport? And does anybody really care what four boys from Indiana have to say about all this nerd stuff? It's a wonderful internet, and we are a horrible podcast on the very first episode of the Red Devil Podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, David Hollis, your local Indianapolis uh, host here. I am joined by my three guests, my other three Indiana best friends. We have Nick LaRue, Skyping in live from New York City. Yeah, Nick, I, uh, I'm uh, flabbergasted. That was an incredible intro. Uh, I'm just I'm just a guy who lives in New York. Sometimes I play some games. It's pretty fun. All right, great. We also have, from West Lafayette, we have Ben Thomas. I'm actually uh, uh, Skyping live from a co- middle of a cornfield right now. Um, <laughs> but no, nope, I'm just I'm just a master student hanging out and having a good time and nerding out with these boys. All right, and then we also have our most official member. We have President Brian Anderson. Uh, is this a good idea? President of Beast Coast, the best esports team in the world. Let's go. That's right. You can now hold everything he says legally in court. Uh, <laughs> so this is our podcast. We are literally just four dudes who have been playing games together for essentially the last 10 years. We all grew up in West Lafayette, and our high school is called the West Lafayette Red Devils. And so we named this the Red Devil Podcast. Uh, today we're gonna devilish. talk. Yeah, we're yeah we we love at Satan. Least my, at least me. Yeah, this, like is, this is half pop culture, half Satanism podcast. Yes, yeah. Fun fact: this the is twist. definitely a yeah. Brian, <laughs> no. Brian I hope you've read your contract before you continue. <laughs> Make sure you uh, tread cross carefully. those T's and dot those I's. <laughs> All right. So to it, just jump jumpstart our podcast here i'd like to talk about the uh sensation that's sweeping the nation it's all about a wonderful goose and how to bully people it's a great game called untitled goose game produced by some australian indie developers um the goose is loose currently it is right now one of the top two highest selling games in the world along with a zelda game Link's awakening which is unbelievable that any kind of indie game could compete uh with a zelda game Luckily, it uh, debuted with a discount of $5 off, so it's only $15. Uh, absolutely worth a pickup. I've been playing it a little bit. It's really fun. Have any of you guys played any Goose's Loose, or how do you feel about the Untitled Goose game taking over the markets? Well, I, uh, I haven't played it, but I can tell you, when you combine a game that's got the, the strategic depth of Metal Gear Solid with the <laughs> graphical... Internal, internal rhyme scheme of an yeah, Eminem yeah. song you know, in, in the title... Graphical fidelity of uh, a classic <laughs> like Wind Waker, and uh, honestly, like a story the level of The Witcher. I don't know what you expect anything other than a game of the year. What What was that one game on like AddictingGames.com where you're like a ball that moves around and you like shoot kids in the school oh and like God. Oh jeez, exactly. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I feel like Columbine Shooter Simulator. simulator yeah, per, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I just I just looked up this Untitled Goose game and I see genre puzzle stealth and I'm thinking this is just like a future. Like, version of that, except with a goose. Dude, that's a good point. This feels very much like a game that used to have been on, like, Newgrounds. And, like, you'd, like, <laughs> you know, you'd, like, log on to 
whatever you know weird flash game website and you'd play like 14 hours of it straight and you'd be like that's, this is so addicting and that's like what i'm saying they How don't the make games this like this anymore. well they don't make games like this anymore so i think there's like a nostalgia factor for why people love love this game Larue accidentally nailed it by saying the graphical fidelity of Wind Waker along with the same mechanics as a Metal Gear Solid game. Actually. That's really what it is. It's basically a stealth game that's done in like a cell shaded thing, but the main character is a goose. And that's the whole point. You're a goose and your job is to be havoc. I want to meet the guy that made this. What I think a, it's just a, a few guys. Yeah, it's just a few Australian dudes who are like, yeah, we made a game about a goose being mean. And I mean, that's all they had to do. So I'm how really long would it guys. take... How, okay, how long would it take to beat the game? And then also, like, how much does it cost on Switch? Is it a full game? Like $60? It's a, it's a $15 game. And oh, okay. it's probably, if you just, like, hard commit to, like, objectives, you can probably beat it in eight hours. That being said, that's not the point. The idea is you're good. <laughs> and you can do basically whatever you want, and you can find ways to complete the tasks basically any way you want. Like, the environment is very interactable. Basically, anything you can pick up with your beak... Or any way you can sneak around, or any way you can interact with the environment, you can. So, I've, so if none of you guys played this besides me, am I the only? I, I have not. Okay. I have not played it, but I have watched the Donkey video, which is pretty much how I experience all indie games and platformers. So I actually um, bought this. I bought this game because my girlfriend had had two pet ducks in her life, and I figured, okay, Goose, oh, close wow. I'm sure she's a huge fan. Um, is let co-op mode. It. There is not. But I would be hyped. I let let her go nuts with the goose, and she had a great time. So I think part of it is the barrier to entry is extremely low. You're literally a goose, and there aren't a lot of it's just like, the mouse, right? You just click around. It's actually well, uh, we're playing it on Switch. Um, oh, okay. I don't actually know if it's a PC. It's on Steam. I'm pretty I think sure it's, it's on Steam. Switch. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Switch exclusive. But you think the, it'd be uh, good for kids? Yeah, I mean, you you basically have like five buttons. You yeah, have. I'm heading home this weekend. I want to uh, show it to my nephew. I might might pick it up. That'd yeah, be super you, cute. You have move, obviously. You have crouch. You have honk, and you have pickup. Now, what am I? What am I honking for? Is honking to like distract some people? Yeah. So in the trailer, they have. So the whole the part of my clever intro is the trailer's like line is it's a wonderful neighborhood and you're a horrible goose. That's uh-huh. why it's a wonderful internet and we're a horrible podcast. Yeah. Uh, you could you could make a pretty pretty sweet like construction set with this and like let people build their own levels to add mechanics like how terrible of this uh, is this goose gonna get like what if you gave it like a lighter and he can like light people and like things on fire or something I know like, you can't there's hold so many mechanics night. you could add to this to make it even better they should turn yeah. it into like Mario Maker yes you know, like make yes. your own levels and then like have to beat it or something I, yeah I was there. That's, that Link's like, Awakening has scrolls. the dungeon builder like we're getting to that point where you basically you build in these customization tactics and then people will just go nuts like they basically make their own games for you seems i think like, like a good move it's all yeah. fun and games until it's a 15 minute level that has a hidden block in one pixel that you can't find ben it's gonna be okay okay deep breaths <laughs> oh man the horror no, i understand i understand but yeah this i mean it's you a... get for playing platformers to be honest it is true it's a very simple game. So essentially, like you can, you just do stuff to cause havoc in the neighborhood. Like, let's say there's a nice man who's playing ring toss, and right before he throws the ring, you honk, and he gets distracted, and he tosses that thing, and he misses it, and then you grab that ring and you take off running. Like that's like classic <laughs> game material. Please I'm tell me sure. there's a level where you like run run up in somebody's house and take like one puzzle piece and just run off. <laughs> I wouldn't say there are levels. It's oh, more, okay. You're just you have this you is... have tasks. So you have a uh... note. So this game also teaches you to read cursive. 
That's a very oh, wow. Part. Oh, okay. Uh, all of the objectives are written in cursive, mm. so that makes things kind of difficult. I'm not sure I could play this game. It is kind of difficult. Some of it is cursive, <laughs> honestly. Um, I have to have Nick's nephew decode it for you. Yeah, um, but yeah. So like you, so you start out the game. You walk out of like your little tutorial. Like basically, there's a small tutorial thing where it's like pick up a flower, walk away from the flower, like duck under a log, and then you go in, and then you're just in a neighborhood, and it gives you all these tasks. It's like take the gardener's keys, like put a rake in the lake. The rake in the lake's the classic one right now. That one's very famous. Break um, in the lake. Yeah, you got to bring. There's a whole like picnic set, and it's like bring the whole picnic set and also throw that in the lake. It's just like you're just there to literally just cause havoc. Like you're just yeah. a little goose. Jeez. And no that's all it is. Purpose. Then eventually you get access to the whole neighborhood, and you can distract the townspeople as you see fit. Do you like run for mayor at some point? I hope so. Start I'm assuming a... that's the next step. Is uh, goose runs for, you know, the Democratic primary or something. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, there is a children's book called Duck for President, so we're not far off. See, yeah, we're on our way. I yeah. feel like this goose is probably a Republican, though, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you guess? <laughs> I, would I would say off my lawn. I think I Pretty think sure it's libertarian. Yeah. Libertarian oh, he, goose makes seizing the means of production. Or maybe yeah. anarchist. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anarchist. I was anarchist. Saying, yeah, good one. I could see that. <laughs> so I think this leads into a larger point of where the switch is headed right now, because right now the switch is kind of like an indie darling, where almost a lot of its best games are originally steam games like hollow knight celeste um that what is farming it? Simulator the game. forest just came the, out like oh star i know that, I know like that overcooked might not have Starview. started on steam but overcooked has like an indie game feel so mm. I, I would absolutely call that an indie game and so right now the switch is kind of becoming a console version of steam do you guys think that's what nintendo is hoping for well i know they're they're promoting their nindies is their like way of describing it do you think this is their business strategy while they use indies basically to kill time in between the major releases like Zeldas and Mario's? I just think Nintendo has like a real like lack of like interesting IP compared to Xbox and PS4 and a lot of other like PC just exclusive titles. And so like I think the Switch think has a tough a time like actually yeah, like but they I have mean, they have basically the rights to Samus, Donkey Kong, Mario, Zelda pokemon all of those you think that's a lack of ip i mean there hasn't been a pokemon game for the switch yet except that ev pikachu game that everyone thought was stupid so I mean, it's not a lack of like ip it's just they're not that... utilizing it properly well, they've, sold always, they've always been marketed towards kids i mean the switch sold like incredibly well right fine but i i feel like these these like indie games are more like kids focused too and so that's just like fits in nintendo's business model First of all, how dare you? I play all yeah, of these. Yeah, I'm about to say Overcooked I'm is a man's game, box. my friend. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Also, there's a Pokemon game coming out in like. I am gonna a... play the shit out of that Pokemon game. I feel What's like Nintendo. Called? Oh. Go ahead, Larry. I was gonna say I feel like Nintendo might be missing the mark a little bit in terms of like, right now is is nostalgia the season, right? I mean, think of how how many movies are getting remade, uh, how many you movies have sequels. Just Awakening, which is a remake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's one, right? They got it. How many Luigi's IPs? Luigi's Mansion 3 is also a remake. Oh. Oh, not a remake, but it's a recirculation of a previous IP that's coming out right now. Uh, yeah, I suppose. But Nintendo's always been about that. I'm thinking they, should, they, they might need to ratchet it up here a little bit. I, I think... think that, oh, go ahead. I think, I think right now Nintendo has a massive selection of properties that they can use. The thing, they don't have a lot of new successful properties. They just... They either rehash their old stuff or they like the only new 
series that's gained like a lot of attention is that Astral Chain series right now, uh, which is a I think it's Platinum Games thing that actually sold really really well and I've heard is a really great game. I haven't got the chance to try it, but they still are holding on to kind of their old mascots. But I also think the only place that's not holding out of their old mascots is PlayStation 4. They're kind of trying, or PlayStation, they're trying to push new people where Microsoft doesn't have anything new. Yeah, Xbox is pretty dead. Yeah, Xbox is, I mean, Xbox and Switch seem like they're trying to partner up. Like, Xbox seems like they're trying to get into the PC game and the Switch game. Hmm. Well, the problem with Nintendo IP is that it doesn't really work as well on, like, next-gen consoles. It works better on, like, you know, mobile stuff, or, like, Switch-type stuff. I mean... Like, let's imagine, like, what's, like, you know, some, like, the bigger, you know, IP that's, like, um, what's, like, a really popular, like, AAA title? Like, Destiny 2 or something like that, or even, like, Borderlands 3. Like, those games, like, don't play as well on the Switch as they do. It doesn't have the processing power. Yeah, exactly. So, like, these little indie games, like, like, Goose, like, they're a lot more playable on on a console like the Switch, or, like, the Switch is better for, like, turn-based stuff, or, like, Pokemon-type stuff, or, like, platformers, or, like, stuff like that, where it doesn't take, like, as dynamic of gameplay, um, and a lot of, like, IP that Nintendo owns is sort of like that, I mean, there, a lot of the Samus stuff was, like, essentially, like, 2D, um, a lot of the Donkey Kong stuff was 2D, uh, uh, even, like, Smash is, like, essentially a 2D game, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just feel like games have evolved so far away from, like, Nintendo's wheelhouse, and, and they're still stuck on, like, let's make platformers, and that's why indie games that Nintendo doesn't even make are, like, their most successful titles. But do you think that's good? Like, do you, like that's an, that's its own niche No, market. I love Nintendo IP. Like, I wish they would, like, I love Breath of the Wild because it took Zelda and, like, brought it to, like, you know, the year 2018 or whatever, whenever it came out. Um I, 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 like, I didn't get that feeling as much from, like, Super Mario Galaxy or whatever. Um, Odyssey or Galaxy? Yeah, Odyssey, excuse me. Um, I didn't think it was, like, that much more impressive than, like, Super Mario Sunshine. That's fair. I'm just waiting for the uh, Nintendo Auto Chess game to come out. That's got to be coming soon, right? Oh, dude, we'll talk, we, we can talk oh about God. TFT later. That's a... About, like, ni- so, like what I do you guys think, think about, like, the, like, Nintendo Online? Because I feel like... Their online isn't the best. Hella they, laggy, isn't it? And Your if garbage, yeah. And, and if somebody they, who's like a former competitive Smash Bros. player who still plays online Smash a lot, it's literally so bad. Yeah, I was gonna say if they improved that, I feel like it would open up a lot of doors. But is it better in Japan or is it just bad in the U.S.? I think it's just bad. I think so. I think what people don't understand about the Nintendo online system is Nintendo's marketed to a like. The, its primary demographic is families, right? Like you don't, Nintendo doesn't market to a to me, like a 25 something who's trying to like play competitive Smash Bros, right? Like it markets to the uh, nuclear family of four who has a 12 year old and a nine year old, and they want to play Smash Online together and like pub stomp people going double DK, right? <laughs> so like yeah, that that doesn't have to have like sub like millisecond ping like that doesn't matter like it's it just has to be like functioning and so yeah and they can play online all day so i think in that sense nintendo doesn't necessarily care could it be better absolutely like xbox live is great i know playstation now after people started or after they made it not free and you had to pay for it it was pretty good Um, you think they'd at least be open to the idea of sort of opening up the the online technology and letting you host your own servers or something like that for tournament organizers 
it just seems like a natural way to, to like, I mean, why leave an entire segment of the market unmarketed to or untouched? What a great segue since we've been talking about this for so long. Let's talk about how Nintendo doesn't seem to support the things that are successful. Uh, for example, esports is so big right now, as Brian can attest to. Yeah, being the I, president don't, of- I don't get Nintendo at all. Uh, right now, one of the most commercially successful uh, esports scenes is Smash Bros. Like, if, as far as viewership goes, it is extremely successful and player based. It's massive. And Nintendo supports this entirely by not doing anything. They will hold online tournaments that are four versus four, uh, or like free for all, items on, all this, and totally ignore a like burgeoning competitive scene. Do you, like what? Where is this coming from? Why? So, why do they seem to just totally ignore it? So here's my hot take: Super Smash Bros. Ultimate could have been Fortnite if Nintendo had like played this better. Because, like, that game has every possible advantage for becoming, like, the most mainstream esport possible. It had incredible, like, day one sales on a platform that a ton of people have access to. Um, They could have even made some sort of, like, mobile situation for it, like Fortnite did. All they had to do was just pour money into the Smash Ultimate scene from, like, day one and host, like, a million dollar major, like, the first month that smash ultimate was out and like i'm pretty sure that like smash ultimate like, could have been as big as fortnite and it's just purely on nintendo for like not seeing what happened with league of legends and with all these other esports titles at like game launch i feel like i feel like a huge problem though is just like logistics and infrastructure like nintendo has never really done like anything with esports so it's kind of hard to just like say hey we're just gonna host a tournament on this on the spot like there has to be some sort of like infrastructure like do they have like a stadium do they have like a branch of their company that's like going to be just for esports? Like I don't think they have any of that, so I feel just like that open, makes it difficult. Just, okay, but yeah, Epic Games did. The Epic Games is basically a Fortnite company, and they it made it into this massive thing after they realized how successful it was. Nintendo's already successful. Epic Games became successful, and then the Fortnite World Cup was like one of the biggest esports events ever. Yeah, and, I mean they so did what, that all in like less than like two years. Does Nintendo not let companies like ESL or like no, Face you get, it or Summit, like host bigger events. Like they just don't give you the license. They because I they feel like ESL provide any would love support. to do like a series. They won't provide any support, and they will take down anything that uses their licensed music. So how is that different than Valve? Like Valve doesn't provide any support, you know, quote unquote, for like Counter Strike, other than the majors, I guess. Um, but like but there would be a thing, huge they provide scene. for the major. Like, yeah, but there'd Nintendo- be a huge Counter Strike scene even if the majors didn't exist. Like ESL. Like, I mean, they were trying to do an like, exclusive deal that, like, essentially made their tournaments bigger than the majors already. Like, I don't, I don't know. They have TV deals. And they have viewership deals, right? Like, they, they are able to broadcast that stuff. Nintendo doesn't have that. Like, the bi- the tournament this past week in Big House was streamed on, like, literally some dude's computer. There were, like, 2,500 entrants, and, like, the whole thing was run by, like... Well, it's technically a streaming organization, but... Or, beyond the summit did it this time but like yeah. in the past years it's just been like like a, there's a guy from purdue who runs a secondary melee everyday stream who essentially became staff at big house last year because they needed someone to run the stream like because nintendo just doesn't support that at all like there's in there's infrastructure in so like these majors where the nintendo doesn't provide anything for smash Bros. tournaments is the audience not there like because it is there were ninety thousand viewers on the melee tournament this year or this last weekend 
So, like, why doesn't ESL or face it like rent out a stadium in like New York City or like Los Angeles and like I don't think let's Nintendo do a Smash event and it'll be think... an invitational, it'll be like a 20, 24 man invitational, 16 man invitational. Because I think they'd have to do it entirely on their own, and Nintendo would provide nothing. Yeah, but that's what they good. do already. Like ESL well, Cologne they... has like for Counter Strike has no support from Valve whatsoever. They just say so you do whatever you want. So you have to provide like essentially 10 computers, right, for yeah. the team to play each other. Yeah. In Smash, it's an individual tournament, right? So you I, have to provide. I think the open circuit like that is so, so stupid. I think that's one of the biggest things that's holding the fighting game community back is that all the the major tournaments make their money through entry fees and not like viewership deals, like like media deals. Like it is like Evo, like amazing tournament, right? I went to Evo this year for the first time, like really enjoyed the experience. Um, one of the most but it's a zoo, dude. Like it's <laughs> having two thousand people. Like in um, Mandalay Bay, in that like that giant like warehouse facility they have in the basement, which is like their co- convention center, it, it doesn't feel like any other esport. I mean, I go to esports events all the time now, and FGC is just so different, and and that makes it like the viewership experience like pretty pretty bad, in terms of like even at Evo, um, it looks just so unprofessional relative to like an ESL major for CS, for example, and because they're monetizing the esport through entry fees for like casual players when that's not how it should work like no other no other esports category does that and i think that's the biggest thing holding smash back so that's something that beyond the summit has done really well is they do the invitationals right where you have to pay essentially to get people into the invitationals do you guys know anything about the beyond the summit smash tournaments um not not really i've watched them on twitch but i don't know anything i want to say i've watched them before but so essentially they auto invite like eight people you earn four of the other spots and then four of the others are voted in or something like that. And the voted in people, you have to spend money to like buy votes, basically. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, one of the big expenses of Evo is you have to rent out the Mandalay Bay and like that costs probably like a hundred grand. Like that's what a waste of money. And so beyond the summit just sends people to a house. They send there's like 16 favorite players to a house and then they get massive viewership. They do a bunch of content creation there and they also make money. I know they have great sponsors. Yeah, because we've talked to those guys. In I the think past. that's they the do a best. Job. They're far and away the most successful thing that FGC is doing right now. Is you guys ever heard of a home story cup? Yeah, old yeah, StarCraft like stuff. I used to watch that back in the day. Yeah, that's sort of what that reminds me of, where it's just like some dudes hanging out on a couch. But it was like, like really, Huck and yeah, know, yeah, and like players commentating the other players there. Yeah, and that's then like exactly Idro would like flame out and like go sit on the couch and just like cuss people out. It was great. Yeah, I will I say know. though, is that like. Um, you know, my brother's friend Acosta, he has gone to like numerous fighting tournaments and likes Marvel um, fighting games. And um, there's actually a clip on YouTube that talks about how like, you know, it, it, it shows that one really famous Smash clip with the Wombo combo, right? Mm-hmm. And it's making fun of it. It's like, what if like Smash was an esport? And it's and it just plays over like the most boring commentary ever <laughs> over over like the over like the play. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, I guess part of it is like maybe that's part of the magic of the fighting game community is that like it seems more um, more real, natural, real, genuine, like people are actually passionate versus turning it into like a McDonald's of like, you know, what I mean, like sometimes I, that's what I, I feel know. like esports I are. It's, it's almost like a McDonald's of like games. Almost. I think Overwatch feels like that a lot. I don't think that many other games feel like that. 
I mean, I I'm just saying I would be afraid that f- fighting games might turn into that. I'm not saying it would. But yeah. yeah, it is sort of an interesting point because, you know, like Quickshot knows the name of every skill in League of Legends. So he's never like making up a new name for Ezreal Q. That's just like a meme. He's always going to say Mystic Shot. But so uh, yeah. throwing me another transition into our next topic, or are we? Do you still look at? You guys still have some more opinions about? Dog, take it where you want. I'm good. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. Right, yeah, I I totally agree though. I think right now Nintendo doesn't support anything, and I think the best way that FGC is going to thrive is with these kind of invitational type things because that's essentially what these uh, majors are like the CS:GO majors and stuff are doing. Yeah. They're inviting the best teams. So the only thing is because Smash is an individual sport, you're inviting the best players. So to move into Probably the biggest esport event going on right now. We have actually almost definitely the biggest esport event going on right now. We have League of Legends Worlds. Uh, League of Legends is basically the game that has brought all of us together over the last ten. Or I don't know. We've all been playing since I know I you guys for almost ten years. I've, yeah. I've been playing for six years, seven since years. Beta. Yeah. I think I started in season three. I know you, Brian and Larue. You guys have been for a while. Ben, I think you started a little after us. Yeah, ben, Brian. Of course, Brian made me my account at the uh, beginning. Like, I think it was uh, like world's time of season one, and then I really got yeah. into it. Start of season two. Mm-hmm. I start. I started playing Jesus, right before worlds were like faker dominated. The first, the first time. <laughs> That's when I, I started playing. I remember when Nautilus came out, and I was like, "That dude is big." I'm scared. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Actually, they, I'm, they, I'm trying to remember. I think I, th- I think when I started playing, either Thresh or Lissandra was like the person that came out it must have been thresh because dude you you were defined by thresh early yeah i was a thresh support main for the first part of my career so the uh play in stages have officially finished we had probably a well there's a lot of there seems like there's a lot of issues with the league of legends format right now because absolutely the, the dynamics in the group stage are just horrendous we have group a which is g2 esports arguably the number one overall seed um good, good joke good joke one uh, might argue i would yeah uh there i would say after the msi or msi champions g2 esports along with cloud nine oh. the second seed from north america griffin the second seed from korea and who's their third one hong kong attitude or hong kong attitude yeah yep. which is just a horrendous excuse for a team that probably won't go anywhere but we'll probably take a game off g2 because that's what they do um, group B is, th- are, without question, the freest group of all time, with Fun Plus, Fun Plus Phoenix, led by B, who finally made it to Worlds, um, the China number one overall seed, Gamina Esports, which is the Vietnam seed. Um, Can't believe they changed their name from Gigabyte Marines, dude. What a great name that was. Anyway. <laughs> that, was a, that was a great name. Um, J-Team, which is... I think the three seed from um, China is that right? Uh, Wait, you can't have two Chinese teams in the same. No, 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 no. no, no. It's not F- FPS. I'm sorry. FPX is the uh, number one seed for China, and then J Team is a Japanese team. L- or uh, right? Yeah. 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 They're Taiwan. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's oh it's, wait. Gamina what? Esports, Fun Plus Phoenix, J Team, and Splice, the three seed from EU. So somehow EU is going to, or the three oh, seeds dude. of EU ends up getting the easiest draw. J team is is TPA, it's high pay assassins. Oh, they changed. Oh, their that's name. what it is. Okay, so they so got, got bought by some. That's what it is. Entertainment oh, conglomerate. I messed up. I thought they were. They're oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Group C is SKT, yep. uh, the Legends, Fnatic, the two seed from Europe, also uh, finalists from last year, 
Royal Never Give Up featuring Uzi and the three seed from NA, Clutch Gaming, which is probably the hardest group in the history of Worlds. Yeah, that group is brutal. And then Group D, which is the NA Hope, uh, Damwon, which is a uh, solo lane difference team, AHQ, which is basically a shell of their former selves, and LMS is getting dissolved into Vietnam next year, and IG, the former world champions. And Team Liquid. So this uh, <laughs> these draws speak a lot to the issue where... The seating is uh, so dumb. Riot decided that basically if you're a one seed from a non-major region or a two seed, you get all grouped in to, or a three seed from a non-major region, you get in pool two, right? Is that what it was? That pool two has like eight, or one, two, three, four, five, yeah, it has eight teams in it, and you could dispense those basically evenly. Dude, I don't I don't mind the way they do these groups, but what they should do is the same thing in Dota, where no team loses in groups. The entire group stage is just for bracket seeding. Yep, and then it goes double elim. And then I it goes I, double elim. Yeah, like, I, I actually am I'm with you, Brian. If you're going to have one world yeah. championship of a year, you're not going to have like five majors like in Dota or like four majors like in CS. And you're going to have like a, a, a kind of shit midseason tournament like MSI, and you're really just going to have like the world championship, right, at the end of the year. You gotta have like the best format in esports. I and totally also, agree that MSI is a shit format, and it's this is. It's oh, just like, it's 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 almost like an exhibition to be honest. It is. Everyone yeah. just wants to take the break. Also, Brian, think about how dumb like worlds, um, like the worlds group format is. Where let's say you're in Group D, right? Where everyone is just gonna be beating the shit out of AHQ, right? Yeah. Let's say let, let's say like AHQ catches one game off of you, you like can't qualify. Yeah, they have like some weird. AHQ some gets weird a five zero at level one because they just like hard read your strat one time. Yeah. Or they like <laughs> lucky hook you. Yeah, they do some like weird over like blind shit over the wall. Like yeah, they yeah, scout it down two k at like level one, and it's like okay, well AHQ beats us, and now our world our world run is finished. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, with now it's about to go two zero against Liquid. I'm gonna like lose the I group. I think like, they oh. need to move to the Dota model for sure. Yeah. Maybe I they're agree. too proud to do that, though, because maybe if they do that, they'll, like... Or at least have they're... three teams get out of the group, right? Like, having two teams get out of a four-person group like that is so stupid, especially because it makes it so so many of the teams play, like, no games. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Right? I also like, think... I think the play-in stages is just dumb. I think it's really dumb. ridiculous. I think each group should be six teams or something like that, and then you should have top four get out, essentially have what we have, less invites right? to the league, like, or to the, to the tournament. Like, well, the idea, the problem is Riot has so many regions that they can't do that. Okay, like, you give, could, give a bunch of regions one spot. Like, I don't know. Like, you could give a bunch of regions one spot, but then, like, let's say someone like Vietnam who's earned their place, like, then you have to essentially adjust that every single time, and that's almost going like too much on recent recency bias, you know? What they should do is take top eight at Worlds, and that's how many spots guaranteed each region gets going into Worlds next season. So let's say three three teams that. get out of South Korea, then next year um, there's like a minimum of like three spots, and then the rest are just divided up equally. That's kind so of like what Korea could do. have like six teams in the Worlds like one year if they just keep beating everyone's ass. That's why China had three seeds in the main pool because they won Worlds last year. Yeah. And so I don't, I, I don't think that's necessarily a bit. That's a good know. way to lose all your global viewers for uh, yeah, Korean yeah. fans. <sighs> yep. Because you know Korea would just get smack good, that. Get good, dude. Get good. I, I agree, but I mean. I, don't I wonder know. how many games does it add if you do double Elim, not even adding two more teams. Because like Worlds already runs over, what, like four weeks or something like that? Because, well, But that's because of the playing stage. The playing stage is two weeks on its own. Yeah. That's true. 
and and the way the groups work, I'd be cool if the groups were um, they should instead of being like double round robin where you like you play a game and then like you're off, it should be like back to back games. Like 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 you like Team Liquid should play AHQ just twice back to back instead of them playing them once and then waiting and then to like four more games and then playing them again because that like massively decreases like the lag time between games. You know you know what I mean? I think that's interesting. Like I you could have eight. You could have eight games, games in one day, or like four games in a day, or whatever. Instead of having, yeah, you could have eight games in one day instead of just four games in one day. If you just did like back to backs, like so if you just did, best if of you twos, just did best everything's of, best of two instead of two best of ones, it would massively reduce reduce the amount of time the group stage takes, in my opinion. Unfortunately, you lose sort of the uh, the but, skill of planning for your opponents and like oh shit they just pulled that blue flame hellions like what are we gonna do well you adjust in the middle just like a, a three game series yeah but it's a lot adjust- easier to do that if you have a whole week to do it uh-huh. instead of like an hour or two i, I think that system where you play back to backs is only fair if you do the same thing in dota where you don't eliminate anyone which is yeah. literally what they do in dota they do they do best of ones uh or best of twos in dota for a group stage and I, I just like ti man it's just a great format <laughs> It is. I'm surprised more people haven't adopted that. But. Well, it, it takes forever. It does, but that like you could eliminate playing stages essentially, and you could like there's a way to there are ways to narrow this down. And there's a reason why like a ton of people watch TI that don't even watch Dota during the year. Also, there's no way the playing stages cost Riot any money. They did it at the LEC studio. There was barely oh, a yeah. crowd. People didn't even they like. You should have, it was like a library in there. Like, it's just quiet. There's nobody cares. Like, I can't wait to watch Isaris Gaming play Hong Kong Attitude. It's like, who? No one's watching that. Who are those people? Like, the only people that show up are for Splice, for the play-ins, because they're EU. It's like, who cares about the rest of them? Did Riot add something similar to the compendium this year, where basically you crowdfund the prize pool? Is there anything like that in League? I was just about to talk about that. It's an absolute embarrassment how much more money the TI is worth than the League of Legends World Championship. They even so, started doing the passes stuff. And- so so that's true. I agree with that. But that creates a really weird ecosystem in Dota that I've only recently discovered since I just got finished negotiating for our Dota roster for, for this next year. So the problem with having like one tournament essentially provide all the money into the entire scene is that players just like don't care at all about their salary like the only thing they care about is winning is like placing in ti because orgs like can't really afford to to match compensation to like ti prizes right like if you get fourth at ti like no no team is going to actually pay you a salary commensurate with like the like the 10 million dollars or whatever you're going to win um so that makes it so like teams like don't care at all about like sponsor obligations. They don't care about like logo. Like they don't care about signing with like a, a famous org, like a storied org that provides them like content opportunities and like growing their brand. So none of the players care at all about growing their brand. None of the players care at all about what teams they play on or salaries or anything. They only care about placing for TI. And so it's creating it creates this really weird ecosystem um where like the players like there's a lot of weird orgs in Dota like that that are just like player owned orgs and all they do is just play Dota and they don't do anything else. Um, and you, you can see at majors, there'll be like unsigned stacks because the players just like sort of don't give a shit and they just end up just not even signing with an org, which is weird. That is really interesting. Well, that's like turning away, turning down a free salary. 
Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't sign with an org. Because they think that it's, like, a distraction. Like, if you come in and you're like, okay, and it also it limits their ability to, like, change rosters throughout the season, right? Like, if I sign with if, – if I'm a player and I sign with an org, they're going to want me to sign a buyout. They're going to want me to sign, like, a full year-long contract where they can, like, limit my movement. And if the team's not working for three months and I have, like, a 5% better chance of placing better at TI on another stack, I'm going to leave. Like, roster moves, like, are crazy in Dota. Like, buyouts are, like, non-existent because player players want to move, like, super aggressively. Um, and, and it creates this, like, really weird, like, contract structure uh, that's, that's really difficult for, for organizations to swallow. Mm. All right, so, so, so there are issues. And the same thing is with Fortnite, actually. Um, because the Fortnite World Championship is just so much money yeah, that, like, player different. salaries, it's like, no one cares. Because, yeah, I really, I really wonder... Like, one thing that the compendium does do that's great is it provides a lot more tension for every, like, given match. And so, just, you know, you have a little bit more on the line for Royals, let's say, and then you, like, put a bunch more matches around it. I think that's great. I think you get a ton of engagement out of it if you're Riot. Like, eyes on screen is is only good for esports in League of Legends. All right, for the sake of time, we're, like, running pretty long on this podcast, so I'm going to make everybody call their group or who gets out of what groups real quick. Oh and we my can God. pick up would, on these. I challenges. don't know this. You we or you can either do do you want to do calls or you want to just do hot takes? Just do what one do you, hot take. I'll just I'll just run through this right now. I think G two is gonna like really flame out here. It's Griffin Cloud Nine oh, out of Group dude, A. I was gonna say that. Okay. Dude, oh. Well, that, there you that, go. Dude, you, that is a hot take. First. The G2 hubris is going to strike. They're going to get out second I'll, groups, then play some Chinese team and get bodied in the first knockout round. I'll tell you, I know almost nothing about any team in Group B, but FPX is from China, therefore they're crazy. Uh, uh, J Team is TPA, so they're really good. And Gam, is that is that like the the Gamma Bears? Gamma Yo, do you remember Levi? Yeah, yeah. He's their jungler. Yeah, it's essentially well, them running back, running it back. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's certainly not Splice, which uh, is what, what people will laugh at. But I'm going to say the top two, uh, Fun Plus and J-Team, and then SKT and RNG, Fnatic and Clutch, I don't think have what it takes. I'd love to see Clutch make it out of that group. That'd be incredible. Uh, and then TLIG out of Group D. Nothing too crazy, I don't, I don't think. So you picked zero EU teams advance after EU's basically like dominated. G2 will them. advance. They'll get out of groups. So Brian, you you want to go ahead? Who do you? I, I don't have like a, I don't have opinions strongly about like these teams. I haven't followed league as closely this yeah, season. Yeah, um, but I will say. I mean, I've I've personally been. I mean, I think the NA teams are gonna bomb. I think they're gonna absolutely get wrecked. What I, I would not be surprised if. T- TL, even though they're in this like mega easy group, don't don't advance. Um, I don't think Cloud9 will. Definitely, I don't think Clutch will. Um, yeah, I think G2 is going to go the farthest of any Western team, and they're going to get out in the first round. Come at me. Oh, okay. okay. That's a that's a spicy, spicy. That take, is my spicy. Friend. Ben, go ahead. All right, Group A. I think it's going to be uh, G2 and Griffin getting out. Ben, you would say you and I follow Pro League probably the most, right? Uh, probably, yeah. I've, I mean, I watched a good amount of NA, I watched a good amount of LPL, and I watched a good amount of... I, I don't follow EU very much, but I'm confident I watch saying, almost all of you, so I'm probably the EU expert. Yeah, yeah. I'm confident in saying that G2 and Griffin are getting out of Group A. Group yep. B, 
Group B, I'm about to have the spiciest. Actually, no, I'm not going to have the spiciest take. But I think FPX is certainly getting out. Honestly, the next team is a is honestly a a, a, a complete toss up. But I th- I'll go with um I'll go with uh, J team FPX and J team. And uh, Group C, I think it's going to be. Oh God, who's on Fnatic again? It's Whippo, Broxa, Nemesis, Reckless, and Hillsang. Reckless, the God. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say SKT and Fnatic get out, and RNG and Clutch actually don't make it out of groups. RNG uh, is not making it out of groups. Yeah, so RNG oh. has been struggling. Um. I've been watching them play, and they've. It's they not actually, an AD carry dominant meta. They actually they're, haven't they're looked very players. good, and 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 David's exactly right. People are playing Heimerdinger and Syndra. Like Uzi's gonna get oh, tilted God. off the God. face of the earth. Um, so yeah. I actually think SKT and Fnatic get out of that one, and then Group D. Oh boy, this is the spiciest take. I think Dom Juan and Invictus and Team Liquid gets doesn't make it. I I. Wow. Like I don't. I'm not trying to be like the biggest hater right now, but Double Lift, for some reason, the teams he is on in groups just do not get it done. Like they just don't. I I don't know why. I don't know if it's something with him. I don't know if he's like perma tilted from that Lucian dash into the victor, but like it has just been a disaster. So I actually think Dom Juan and IG get out over Team Liquid. All right, that's fair. So my predictions are i'm positive g2 will get out i honestly do think g2 is the best team in the world um i think griffin gets out just fine i think cloud nine actually sucks i don't think cloud nine's any good um so i think they'll be i think that might be the most one-sided group i think g2 and griffin will basically maybe split games and every other team will be just atrocious i don't think cloud nine's good at all um and i've watched a lot of na i've watched pretty much every eu game and most of the na games and I really like. I get Cloud Nine has like this weird like mi- magic factor, but I pe- think people are hanging on to that too much. I think Svenskeren carries them a lot, and I don't think the rest of their team necessarily can keep up. I don't think Licorice is as good right now as it used to be, and I also think Toplane is an island, and Licorice is one of their most talented players. Um, I think in Group B, Fun Plus Phoenix, I actually think is make- maybe the second or third best team in the world. I think they're insane. Um, Who do you think is the I- best team in the world? I think he the best team in the world. Oh, I think sorry. second best team is SKT and probably the third best team is Fun Plus. Um, Fun Plus is basically G2 light. Like they do, they just have some wild picks that work because Doonb can play basically anything he wants in the mid lane. Like Doonb is the guy who's like, I'm gonna run Nautilus mid the first game, and then I'm gonna play Kled mid, and then I'm gonna play like LeBlanc and be just as good at all three of those. And I actually think Gamina gets out because I think the Vietnamese style is wild and it's way better than against like matches up really well against splice who are like really like late game and uh, yeah david i was actually torn between j team and and gam like and i I I know nothing about j team so j team could surprise me but i have a lot of faith in the vietnamese seeds because i think they produce good teams Mm -hmm. um i think in group c i think rng and skt get out i don't think fanatic does i don't think clutch does i think fanatic is overall good but i don't think they're especially talented at anything and in worlds you have to have somebody carry you essentially what jackie love did last year um and perks tried to do last year on g2 um and caps did for a while on fanatic but he's on g2 now i think skt has one of the best players in the world in faker and i think teddy's extremely underrated 
And I also think Zhao Hu is actually one of the top three mids in the world right now. And I think he'll carry RNG a lot more than Uzi will. Um, and then in Group D, I think Damwon and Team Liquid will get out because I think Invictus is hard carried by uh, Jackie Love. And I think Ning is super tilted right now. And I think AHQ is bad. Damn. So those are those are our hot takes, and we're at 43 minutes into this podcast, so I'm going to cut it off there and right. let us close it out real quick. By I want every podcast to end where we each get to run through what we're doing, what we're seeing, what we're playing, what we're planning on watching, anything interesting with that. So we'll just run through like we did the intros. LaRue, what are you up to over this week? Uh, well, I'm going home to see my family, so probably not going to be too doing too, too much watching. Uh but I recently started a new TV show called Fleabag, which is pretty funny. Uh, I was always playing a lot of team fight tactics, trying to get back into some regular League of Legends too. Um, yeah, haven't been doing too much single player stuff either, but maybe I'll get back into Fallout 4. We'll see. Cool, Ben. What about you? Oh, let's see. Unfortunately, when you're in graduate school, and uh, David, you've experienced this, you don't really get to just like play a bunch of like single player type games and like really get into it you kind of have to just like play a game of league or like a round of team fight tactics there and sort of uh just dip out and head to bed or grade or whatever the hell you need to do um in terms of tv you know i've been trying to watch purdue football my eyes are bleeding out of their sockets watching it um <laughs> i i I love the players. I believe that they work hard. I believe they fight. They're 18, 19 years old. So, like, I can't be too hard on them. It's just that when you've been a Purdue fan your whole life and you see this shit over and over again, it's like, I don't know how much more I can take. So dude. many injuries, too. I know. I saw I, I saw a joke that was, like, the Purdue injury list is, like, a movie credit. Like, ro- like, <laughs> like, like, like rolling the credits. <laughs> it hurts because it's real. Yeah, so that's what I'm up to. All right, Brian, what about you? Let's see. A lot of Borderlands. Trying to learn how to play Dota, which I should probably do Yikes. since I now manage a Dota team going to the first major. Hype, True. everyone. Check out BeastCoast.gg. Um, Follow BeastCoast.gg. Yeah. At BeastCoast.gg. Make sure to like, subscribe, and comment. But just at BeastCoast. We, we got the trademark and then kick some squatter off our official handle. Working on getting verified. Uh, lately, I've been reading some really shit Japanese light novels. Um, most recently, Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon, Volume 1 through 12, which I've read in the last four days. Um, I've also, What's the answer? Definitive? Uh, yeah, it seems like yes. Get uh, back. <laughs> a lot of, of Borderlands. So trying to get my second character to level 50, um, maybe tonight. And yeah, that's about it. Cool. I am uh, definitely on the Team ta- team Fight Tactics uh, bandwagon. I love that game. I think it's really, really fun and basically like a mindless game where I enjoy playing a lot of time. I've also been playing a lot of the Super Nintendo games that came with the Nintendo Switch Online <laughs> thing. I just beat Super Metroid for the very first time. I had played a lot of the other games, but I'd never played Super Metroid before. I'd played Metroid Fusion, loved it. Played Metroid Zero Mission, loved it. So Super Metroid, great game. Uh, pretty hard. I also just beat Link to the Past for the first time on like the official super nintendo i beat it when it was on Game Boy advance a long time ago but had a great time with that um i've been watching old batman movies like the no i shouldn't say old batman movies the nolan batman movies oh, Those okay, yeah. mm-hmm. also uh the good place if you ever just want like a palate cleanser like Kristen bell uh 
Yeah, I think so. That? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Ted Danson. Ted Danson's fucking great. Um, if you just want like a happy, like if you're if you just are reading the news and it really beats you up, go watch The Good Place for like two episodes. They're twenty twenty five minute episodes. Quality television. Really just like interesting and like solid jokes like good humor a lot of like decent morals in that show definitely worth a watch and i hope this podcast was worth a listen i know it ran a lot longer than i actually planned on but i hope you had a good time listening um we are hopefully going to be doing this maybe once a week trying to talk about as many things as we can i know there were some sensitive topics at china that we didn't address here um brian's not sure what legally he's allowed to address whoa 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 Um, so maybe next week we'll get into more of that once that kind of fleshes itself out. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy it, maybe uh, send this along to a friend, have them listen to it. Maybe and we'll make a Discord server as well. Yeah, we'll do. We'll try and get this thing off the ground. For now, it's going to be called the Red Devil Podcast because we couldn't really come up with a better name. So if you guys have got any cute names, go ahead and send it to us, and we'll send you like a free chocolate bar or something. Sounds uh, good. I'll send you a Beast Coast jersey. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's dope. Sponsored. Oh, yeah. By the way, we this is like, a podcast t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, we can figure something so, out. Um, if we get enough people that want to listen, we will absolutely continue to do it. So for Nick Leroux, Ben Thomas, and the president, Brian Anderson, I'm David Hollis, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye.